Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at how success in entrepreneurship and sustainable wealth creation requires a different mindset and skill set. My guest in this episode is Ramon Gonzalez. Ramon is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and real estate investor. Ramon is also the president of Summit Homebuyers and also the facilitator of the Miami Millionaire Mastermind. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info at to start the discussion and see if you're a good fit for our group. And if you're in the Philadelphia, Bucks County, and Southern New Jersey area, we are hosting a live investors meetup event every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly live event and information on how you can join us at our next live event, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash events. MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cashflow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's your own banking system.com. Ramon, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here with the MC. Yeah, always great to connect and excited to have you on. Uh, can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Sure. I'm a real estate investor. Well, before that, let's back up. So um, I graduated from school here at FIU in Miami, born and raised in Miami. Then I went up to Connecticut under their, I worked for GE Corporate under their financial management program. Did that for two or three years, just learned about accounting, controllership, and I was on there also education piece because uh, you you have work and then you have education and you roll through four or five different jobs to see what you like, what you don't like. And then I realized that that route wasn't for me. I really uh, wasn't thriving. I was just surviving in that space. Started going to some RIAs and things like that and uh, started getting interested in real estate investing and um through more education and more investing in myself, investing with some people that didn't work out well. My first deal, MC, I lost sixty thousand uh, dollars. Investing with some people that weren't uh, of the highest integrity, and but from that, I, I met a great partner. We bought some properties together, multifamily in Connecticut. I lived in Connecticut for three or four years. Bought about forty or fifty units together. Sold the majority of that portfolio. Moved back down to Miami, Florida. Realized I couldn't buy and hold down here. So I started wholesaling, fixing and flipping and did that for a couple of years. Then the market corrected. Luckily, I kind of saw some of that coming, sold most of what we had. Um, still took some losses, but sold most of what we had and then just retired for a couple of years. And then once the market kind of hit bottom and started coming back up again, we started getting back into the fix and flip, buy and hold and did a mixture of a whole bunch of different things. And now recently, the market's been kind of changing back. So we exited most of our buy and hold stuff. So there's some fix and flip and wholesaling and build a business out of that. 
And then, you know, as, you, as I saw margins in the fix and flip business start to erode and more risk, lower return, more people getting into the business. So it was harder to make that same dollar. Um, and then I had my first uh, daughter and I missed that first year, right? So what happens, I missed that first year and, and I saw me and my wife were talking. I said, babe, I'm not enjoying this anymore. And the truth is we sold all our rentals. I didn't need that extra income. So um, sold everything, laid off, you know, all the workers that used to work with me and, and just part of ways. And I made sure I took care of them because I, I felt I did the right thing and, and helped them find employment somewhere else. And then we started from that point investing passively through notes and we do a lot of lending. So we're like a hard money lender, but we also invest in JVs. We'll do a joint venture deal with, you know, people we know, like, and trust. We'll buy a property, fix it, resell it. But we're passive on the piece. We're active about placing capital. So that's my full-time position. But in terms of actually finding a deal, fixing a deal, reselling a deal, we're not involved in that. Yeah, there's been quite an evolution for you. What were some of the, the uh, I would say, what has been or, or remained at the core of your philosophy? What's the infrastructure for wealth creation and wealth building? So the core, uh, you broke up a little bit, but I believe the question was, MC, what was the, what's the core infrastructure, the core framework? I yes. Think the core framework, yeah, the core framework to us has always been, uh, what are we great at? Like, what are we great at? And this has changed over time because as we evolve, we, we find out what this idea of what a unique ability is. What do you uniquely get at? What do you do naturally? And for us, one of the gifts that God had blessed me with, and I've also did my part as well, was being able to look at a deal or look at a transaction and say, all right, these two things need to go right. And I can see the whole piece work out together. And then I can, I can back end into what that looks like in a second and see if the risk was worth the reward. Right. And, I, and now, now because I've done that, I can see another opportunity. I can see that. So managing risk has always been something we've been big at. And then market cycles, understanding, you know, my degrees in economics. And then I did some economics work and, and forecasting for General Electric. So being able to understand market cycles, uh, Ray Dalio's books for your listeners, Ray Dalio's books, not only principles, but I think the other book is even better um, in terms of um, it's called Big Debt Crisis. And he goes into uh, general market cycles, and then you have real estate cycles, and then within real estate cycles, you have a commercial real estate cycle, and then you have a regular real estate cycle, and, and then all these cycles overlap. And you can't talk about the real estate market in general. The real estate market is local, and even within local, there's sub markets, right? So, really understanding this and where you're at in the cycle, and where to take risk off, and where to take risk on, and how to change your strategy given what the market is giving you. Now, some markets are steady eddy, like Ohio, in the market I'm in right now. Well, it's more of a steady eddy market. Same thing with you look at a Kansas City, Indianapolis, all these like cash flow markets, right? They're very steady eddy. So um, it's a different market, whereas Miami is very, it's a cycle of booms and busts. And I see a lot of guys now loading up on multifamily in, in certain markets. And it's like, is the risk worth the upside? So just mitigating risk, not losing money. Um, I, I hate to lose. Uh, mitigating risk, losing money, and then just paying attention to the tax fees. So a lot of guys... They want to make money, but how do you actually go from making money to establishing wealth? Do you set up solo Ks, IRAs? Do you do infinite banking? When do you bring those pieces in? How do you bring them in? Right? Uh, and then delaying gratification. I think the, the video that inspired you to reach out to me was something that I spoke about. You know, you see, you know, MC will look at you or me now, and, and then, you know, we, we live a certain lifestyle now, but it wasn't always like that. For a long time, I lived off 10% of what I made. And I, de and I deferred, 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 and ultimately you delay gratification and that compounds. So people, people look at you now, oh, how do you do that? Almost got to go back 10 years and see that. You know, we just, you know, my daughter wanted to go on a little plane to Disney. Well, we, we paid for that, but, it, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And I, I see a lot of folks in different spaces, they want their 
they want their bands or they want whatever they want. Nothing wrong with that, guys. I'm, I'm a big fan of massages. I'm a big fan of all that stuff. Just I'm a fan of you putting in the work, delaying gratification, growing that muscle because that's going to compound over time. There is no other way to build wealth if you're starting from no wealth other than stacking up cash, paying some tax that as little as possible, and then starting to grow that and compound that over time. It, it, it's, it's, it's not sexy, MC. It's not, it's, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, hey, go to the gym, do the work, and eat right. But it's not safe. It's right. That's you know. It's so funny. It really ties into what I, I've been I've been talking about too. It's it's not great cocktail party conversation. You know, it's actually almost boring of doing certain things because it's slow moving. It's predictable. It does it. Um, you touched on a very important thing there that it does take a separate skill set, a different type of skill set of. Uh, then creating and building and establishing this legacy generational wealth than what it what it took you or what skills it took you to being successful as an entrepreneur. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. I mean, we're going through that transition right now. We just hired uh, multiple coaches um, on this part because as an entrepreneur, the skill set is you're betting on you, you're banking on you, and you're banking on your skill set to be able to not out-compete, but you're chasing this alpha on the market that's not there because if you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing, you're going to do the same thing. The reason you become an entrepreneur is because you can see that entrepreneurial profit, that value. You can add that value. And then ultimately, a true entrepreneur creates a business that adds that value. Well, the entrepreneur has to go, what Michael Gerber talks about, has to go from the person doing the work, from right the employee, to then the manager. That's a certain skill set. And then from the manager, Ultimately, you become the entrepreneur, right? You're growing the business. You're thinking high level. But that's all an evolution. And then managing people is, is one of the hardest parts in business, especially for most entrepreneurs. Usually, you'll have an integrator who helps you with that piece because you don't have those skill sets. So, uh, again, the biggest chokehold in the business is the owner's limitation, the owner's mindset. So, you're building out this business. And ultimately, the goal of that business is to provide one or two things, a liquidity event at the end of the day or cash flow. Right, people that wholesale or fix and flip, they're looking for cash flow, right? Because you're really not going to build a business to sell like that. But if you have another business you're building as an entrepreneur, you're looking for some liquidity event or something where you're going to make it someday. Otherwise, you're just you're just turn turning the wheel, right? Turning the wheel. And what happens is most entrepreneurs continue to double and triple down on their business, right? They keep funding that baby and all their capitals in, so they're over diversified in their business, and they don't ever create an asset protection plan. Uh, insurance plan. They don't have any that set up. They don't have, um, uh, you know, uh, estate planning. Uh, you know, what happens if you were becoming incapacitated? Like all these other things that pop up. There's none of that. And outside investments, outside of their business, they don't have that. So they're all in. And let's say you do, let's say you are one out of the hundred that actually then has a liquidity event. You sell it for five, 10 million. If you don't have a plan, half of that's going to go to taxes. You know, then now what? Well, then now you've got to become a good steward of that capital. And what happens is the skill sets of becoming a good steward of capital are very, very different. It's more of a Warren Buffett type thing. Hey, how do I invest this? How do I diversify? How do I go slow? How do I make sure I'm managing, managing risk? How do I make sure I'm not losing? It's much more of a family office concept where, how, where we're looking at the whole wheel and then what values do we want to pass on, which is something you're always talking about, MC. But those two skill sets of managing money and making a return on money, which is more of a CIO, chief investment officer role, versus being an entrepreneur, those are two very, very, very different skill sets and mindsets and actual physical skills to learn that take lifetimes. 
Absolutely. And the big part of it is is people, right? Bringing in the right team players. And, and you were talking right now uh, and speaking to a little bit about bringing in coaches. Uh, masterminds and coaching has played a very big role in, in your life. Can you sh- uh, speak a little bit more about that? And also just share uh, a little bit more information of your own mastermind and some of the things that you've seen there, because you guys are busy with some great stuff there as well. So a couple of things. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, like uh, you know, the hair club president. I'm the only member, but I'm also a client. So like, I, I attend my own masterminds, and then I have, I, you know, I have my own masterminds that we do with with guys and ladies that want to help grow. Um, on my masterminds, what I focus on are people that want to make more, keep more of what they make, and ultimately do less, right? Because a lot of times we're adding things, and the truth is we need to simplify. How do we do more by doing less? How do we do more by being more and doing less? Right. So this idea of being, see, the entrepreneur in the initial stages, do, 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 you got you have another choice, you're grinding it out. Right. But eventually, you know, there's a, what is that? I don't know I'm seeing what that quote is, but what got you out of Egypt won't get you to the promised land. Yeah. What got you here isn't going to get you to that next level. Kind of, you see, a, you see that transition with entrepreneurs, right? They, they hit a, they hit a nice home run. Well, what got them there is probably going to get them to the next level. Same thing. What got you good as an employee isn't going to get you as good as a manager. Isn't going to get you as a good entrepreneur. Right. So all these things, they evolve. Um, so what we're looking to do in our mastermind is, is grow, just grow together, whatever I'm looking to do, someone has already done it. So like the, the big wealth consultant, I'm just, I had a talk with him today, this morning was referred to me from the mastermind I'm in, right? A lot of the loans and, and things that we do, loans, joint, joint venture deals, uh, multifamily deals, whatever it is, come from people in our mastermind. And you've had guys in my mastermind before, uh, Tim Bratz, that view, yeah. had a whole bunch of money that came from, we funded a lot of that piece. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so what I'm saying is. Great guys and, and great people turn to, tend to hang out together. And what you have is, hey, it's a quick call. Hey, I need some money on something. Well, then that's – you already have a relationship. It's easy. Um, you know, uh, so the mastermind, what I've realized as I'm journaling and writing and looking into myself and not taking so much information from the outside in but really listening to myself because all the answers are within, um, my number one asset is my time, my time and my emotional energy. But my number one investment is relationships. And MC, I love that you, you've hit this, you know, I listen, you're one of the very few podcasts I listen to. And I think people underestimate the relationships because I go to an event, not for the content. I go for one relationship because I've I, I realized about me that I'm not able to go wide with a whole bunch of people, but I can go deep with 10, 15 people, 20 people. Right. And that's all you really need. If you've got 10, 10, 20, 30 guys that you can go lifelong with, it's, you know, they may change the vehicle that they're in, but if you have the right character and you know they're competent, the collateral doesn't really matter. You know, it's, you're banking on that person. You're always banking on that jockey, guys. So um, this is what the masterminds allow me to do is, is to connect with these people and really establish relationships. I'm looking for one relationship that I can build a network over time and build a lifelong relationship every event I go to. Because the content, I'm not, I, I may not implement any of that stuff. But I'm looking for one relationship because this, it sounds very cliche and I didn't get it when I was first grinding in the entrepreneurial wheel, but it's really true. This network thing being your net worth, it's 100% true. Things become easier. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. 
Dave and his team at The Real Asset Investor have syndicated many successful real estate and ATM projects over the last decade. Now his team has an exclusive opportunity for investors in the coal space. Do you want to be part of an energy project that takes conventional coal and cleans it up by extracting liquids while releasing almost zero emissions? The sale of these liquids can produce strong double-digit cash flow and aggressive tax benefits against ordinary income, all while using America's number one most plentiful resource in a responsible, efficient manner. Now that's non-conventional. For more information on this exclusive opportunity, you can visit therealassetinvestor.com or contact the Real Asset Investor team at info at therealassetinvestor.com. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. Absolutely. And you touched on a couple of things there. One other thing uh, that I picked up right away was you know, the, the focus that people have to vehicles, right? And you just mentioned too, it doesn't really matter what vehicle they're in. And even if there's a relationship and you know the person, um, they, you know, they're on the same journey as you are. Even if they change vehicles, vehicles, there's still alignment because at the end of the day, it's simply a vehicle to get you where you want to go. You know, it doesn't matter where the cash flow and the income comes from, whether it's real estate, insurance, you know, we can name and name a, a whole bunch of other vehicles. It's truly the strategy and the person uh, and the team and the, the people, as you mentioned, within that strategy. Well, I realize and see that I suck at execution. I suck at day-to-day execution. So I've got to find an operator to execute. And, and, and that's what I'm looking for. So I don't really... I'm indifferent to what business is. As long as I told this to Tim recently, I said, I said, Tim, the biggest thing when I look at someone is core value alignment. I'm not looking to see if I'm going to get them to change their values. I'm looking to see, I have a certain set of values and I want them to show me experiences of the past that just demonstrate their values. And if we share those values, because if we share integrity, loyalty, uh, long-term relationships, not being petty about fees and stuff like they get that I have to make money, that they have to make money. It's a win-win over the long term. Yeah. We both share that philosophy then business becomes pretty easy. You know what I mean? If the yep. guy a third shift at Burger King, you know, pay you back. If that's the kind of mindset that guy already has, that's we're gonna we're gonna have alignment. We might have issues. Hey, you know what? I'm running late on this loan. Hey, I'm running late on this opportunity. Whatever. But eventually, we're gonna solve those because that's what that guy does. He solves problems, right? And and he's looking to do the right thing. Um, and I'm not judging people that aren't. But like for example, like there's a there's some people that have a mindset. I'm not making them wrong. It's just they want to. Um, maximize everything. I'm going to maximize the expenses. I'm going to squeeze over here. I'm going to squeeze over there. And the problem with that with, for me is personally, they're looking to squeeze everything. And I'm not really looking to, I'm looking to maximize. There's certain things you got to maximize, right? ROI for marketing and certain things, but there's other things that are like employee cost. If you pay somebody $500 more a week, 
it should not make a difference. Right? There's certain things that aren't worth maximizing and that the downside for maximizing, yeah, you could, but does that make sense? And I'm, I just, I, I don't like that. So I, I, I generally, if they're looking to maximize everything and they'll go somewhere else because someone else can charge them a point less on a loan, go somewhere else because I'm not that, like, I, I just, that's not how I roll it. But points going to make that much of a difference and you can go somewhere else. So great, go somewhere else. No hard, no, no feeling thoughts, but I'm looking at the long game with a few guys that value my experience, my network, and the certainty of money. And they can call me on a Saturday or Sunday, money's going to be there Monday. Right. And that's, that's my, uh, that's my, those are my people. Right. And it's uh, back again to investing in people too, because if you look at, even if you're employees and if you look at it as an investment, 100%. rather than an expense, you're just paying someone to do, no, no, that you're investing in that person. And eventually if you're helping that person grow, which um, you know, should be the goal in every, every company, I mean, the value that it's going to be to you and your company, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely endless. Yeah, and I, I mean, a lot of a lot of guys I talk to on the, on the employee side, I, I, I tell them outside of my daughter being born and me marrying my beautiful wife, one of the biggest accomplishments her and I have is one of our employees became a multimillionaire through our business, and we were able to help her buy some properties, and we kind of showed her the game. Not that every employee is going to do that, but if your business can help someone become a millionaire, I mean, that's really um, it's one of the things I'm most proud of in my life. Um, again, outside of those things. Um, and it's really, I agree with you. I mean, I sent, you know, I, I send my employees regularly to Tony Robbins events, regular to personal development events. Um, I believe in investing in your people. And I think that, um, <clears throat> that's not a place, you know, you, the question should be MC is how do I invest more in them? How do I pay them more? And obviously having them earn it. I think the two go hand in hand. Um, I was never one to try and minimize here, minimize there. Um, I was always looking to maximize ROI. Like if, I, if a direct mail cost me, a dollar versus 50 cents, I'd go with the one with the dollar as long as the ROI was there. I was more focused on the return of what's the ROI, not so much the, the, the cost expense of it. I think a lot of people focus on that and and then ultimately law of attraction, you get more of what you focus on. And guys, I don't have this stuff all figured out. I'm This abundance, unabundance piece messes with me all the time. And my wife will tell you, I still have scarcity comes up and, and you know, my parents did the best what they knew with their knowledge, awareness, and understanding of that time. And um, we're victims of victims, guys. Most of us are victims. Most of us grew up, I'm, I'm sure MC's like, yeah. yeah. Most yep. of us grew, grew up with a broken family. We're broken people. And most of us, the truth is, don't love ourselves, don't accept ourselves, and don't approve ourselves at some level. And that's what causes all the chaos in our lives. And then how do we grow? How do we evolve? How do we spiritually evolve out of that to a place where we can love ourselves and we can teach our kids? So I mean, now you want to talk about legacy is, dude, how do we teach our kids, me and your kids, MC, to, yep. to love themselves and then, and, and then to appreciate themselves and like to like talk nice to them. Dude, we're, we're our own worst critic, guys. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's a daily battle. You know, it's, it's uh, like those, the, the two the two uh, people fighting inside of you every day, you know, when you talk about scarcity and abundance too, because, you know, there's something happens or something that you didn't expect to happen or a setback. And all of a sudden it's that inner battle again of that scarcity <laughs> versus the abundance. It doesn't go away because a lot of people, you know, think it's just a switch that you flip and it's there and it's done. And now you're just living, you know, on full on juice. Uh, no, it's every day. <laughs> And for, and for guys like us that were raising broken parents, God bless them, I love them both. I wouldn't be the man I am today without them. Scarcity is automatic. I wasn't raised in a place where abundance is automatic. Now, I'm sure there are those people. I wasn't one of them. So scarcity is automatic for me. 
I have to train for abundance, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So I, I do my best to do that every day and scarcity still comes up. I just, I'm aware of it. The anxiety still comes up. I'm aware of it, right? How do I, what do I, what can I do to kind of get out of that? And am I safe, right? These, these kind of things. And just being aware of what gives you anxiety, anxiety, what, what causes you to go into scarcity? Is it, if you get hit in the, in the mouth, well, is life happening for you or happening to you, right? And it's very nice that you and I are talking about it and everything's great. But what the, the, the real issue comes is what do you do when you get punched in the face? So kind of one of the things I've been doing lately yep. to train for that for, is I've been getting punched in my face. And one of the ways I've been doing it is physically. I'll challenge myself physically to something where, let's say it's pull-ups. Hey, I can only do 10. Well, that's just my mind saying what it is. That's not really the truth of what I can do. If I can jump off and do a few more. So I'm always in the physical world. I find that, that if I can push myself in the physical realm, like running, I wasn't a runner. And I find things I suck at. I find things I suck at and I go do those things. This idea of triple down on your strengths, I agree with it to a certain extent, but not in the physical realm. If you're not a runner, I wasn't a runner. Go run two or three miles. Your mind at, at, at mile one is going to stop, but you can do more. And ultimately, you have to win these battles in your own mind and it has to reprogram how you think. Um, right. So like that's, that's one thing. And the other thing I've done is just start to listen to yourself more. Like for a long time, MC, I, w- I didn't want to listen to my own thoughts. I always want to be listening to a podcast or something else because I was scared to be in my own thoughts. Um, and I was scared to listen to what I say to myself. And I was scared to look at myself in the mirror and appreciate and love myself. And what I find now is I'm just much more calm and I'm much more present. And I don't have a million things going on. And I'm listening to myself and I'm doing me and I'm like all the answers are really within you. And a lot of times we're looking for the external answer, but that external answer, if we're looking to copy somebody else, we can only be, you're never going to be a, like, right. This idea of that, if you're copying somebody else, you can never be the best them. You can only be the best you. And how that happens is listening to yourself, listening to your emotions, listening to what you really want to do and what you really want to be more importantly, being versus doing um, and double and triple down on that. Yeah, and definitely add your your own flavor to it. And I love and I love what you what you said too about the the power of focus and focusing on the right things. Um, and it's back to what we talked about about you know nickel and diming here and there, and that's focusing on the completely wrong things. And and when it comes to to wealth creation, I think that it happens to a lot of folks too, where they're so uh, just focused on uh, okay, well you know, the, this rate of return there and that rate of return there, where sometimes when they look in, into their personal economy, their business, how their wealth is stru- structured and all these moving pieces, you know, they'll find massive inefficiencies where if there was more focus around those moving pieces and parts, there would be bigger, much bigger outputs. You know, you and I mentioned, you know, reducing your taxes, you know, within a strategy for 20%. What's, what does that come into play in the long run? And see the challenges if you really want to know. I get a lot of questions in the real estate world of like, you know, I'm I'm killing it over here or whatever. What's what are the what what is what are this guy's numbers? What are this guy's numbers? What are this guy's ROI? What the truth is nobody's numbers matters but yours. And you know right. what the real problem is, MC? No one's really tracking their own numbers. Like I could tell you, hey, what's my effective tax rate for 15, 16, 17? I could tell you that. But most guys can't. They don't track the numbers, they don't really know what's going on. Right, and, and they don't get updated balance sheets and PLs, and they don't reconcile their accounts. They don't really understand what's going on. They don't have proactive planning with their accountants. Like, dude, most of these guys are just trying to make a buck, and if they have made a buck, they're still grinding that business. Because remember, if you're running an actual entrepreneurship business, you have people you got to manage. You got payroll. 
You've got systems. I mean, managing a business is a whole other thing where I recommend bringing an advisor or somebody else to manage all the other pieces because the truth is, MC, most guys don't even know their business numbers. I mean, let's keep it 100 with people. They don't know what the real numbers are. Right, right. They have an idea, and sometimes it's it's tough to look at those numbers too. So they're, no again. One's, no one's tracking and then much less analyzing. Yeah. Those are, those are two different, one skill says to track, and the other one is to analyze. I'm not very good at tracking, but I'm very good at analyzing. So I have to find a way to make sure it's getting tracked, and then I can come in with a high-level perspective. And, and MC, you know that's the number. The data never lies. The data tells a story. But most guys don't know how to look at the data, much less the data over time. And, what's, and then find inefficiencies in a data. What is the data telling me, right? Data, not drama, right? The data gives you direction. But they're listening to drama. They're going to really, oh, this guy did this. Yeah, but that, that's part of his wealth strategy. What, what, what are you trying to achieve? What are your values, right? What are you looking Right. And I've fallen guilty of it, too. I mean, I did a, I did a cryptocurrency investment. wasn't in line with our values. I put up money. I didn't put up much where we could lose, but it was a, something that, in hindsight, following my principles, if I don't know the asset class, if I don't know it, I won't invest in it. And I didn't know enough and I got burned. And that happens every day too, just as the, the self-talk and because there's just so many things coming into us uh, and into our lives. You know, you mentioned the, the cryptocurrencies. I mean, there's so many things coming across your desk on a daily basis to look at and here and there. So you could be pulled in different directions. And I think that that's maybe one of the things too that folks are are struggling with that focus to find out what they want and then understand how to get there. You know, it's like if you want to get to, to Los Angeles from New York, <laughs> you can get there a lot of different ways. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a straight path there to get there. And I think that's the, the challenge that a lot of folks have is staying on that path and knowing where their GPS is tracking at their fuel and everything using that analogy to eventually get there. We get lost and end up in Chicago or in Canada or even down below in, in Mexico. Well, there's a few things. And then what you said, I want to I kind of like just, I love what you said, the, the GPS, let's use that example. I think a lot of guys lack consistency, right? Just doing the same thing over and over again. Because if you do the same thing over again, you're going to get a result. And then that result will give you direction. Most people don't do something consistent long enough, right? This idea of the compound effect, Darren Hardy, great book. They don't do something long enough to get that, to get Mr. Momentum behind them. So that's one. Number two, people don't know what their unique ability is. What are they uniquely gifted at? Because I believe that your wealth path should follow your unique ability. Meaning if you're gifted at analyzing deals, you should find a wealth path that, that, that is in alignment with that gift. It's going to be the easiest path for you. So the path, the wealth path for MC from Miami to New York is going to be different than mine because I have different unique abilities, gifts, and gifts from God that came to me that I need to use. But if I'm trying to copy somebody else and be somebody else and get all this outside information in, you already have that in here, guys, ladies. All that's already in you. Listen to yourself and follow what that wealth path, I, I call it a unique ability wealth path. Wealth path. What are you, really meaning, what is the unique path for you to achieve wealth and what are your principles? And if you follow that, you can't lose. Yeah. But if you're trying to copy everybody else, you're guaranteed to lose. So find your unique path, be consistent with it, and listen to your own voice. And guys, for years I struggled with this. I had to shut it off personally. I'm on Facebook very, very intermittently. I shut off all podcasts and I just started listening to myself. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the, the things that I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always learning new things. They're always studying. What are you currently uh, learning and what are you currently studying right now? 
um, I'm studying that, the, the family office pieces. I'm starting to learn that I don't want to go out and learn all that stuff, like the insurance piece. I had read like on the infinite banking. I read four, five, six books on that. I said, you know what? I need to go somewhere that has all this as an integrated plan and someone that speaks all these languages, the asset protection, the estate protection. So I'm reading books on who can help me with the what, right? Because in the past, I was trying to figure it out myself. And I go, the rich don't think that way. They figure out who can do the what. The who can do the what. Because now I'm talking to different advisors that they already know who the asset guy person are. They already know the strategy. And they know how they all interlate, how they all interact with one another based on what your goals are. You're right. Wealth is a very individualized thing. What it is that you want? What are you, your unique abilities? We want monthly cash flow with as little of mental and emotional time as possible of our time. I don't care what the asset is. I prefer it to be tax advantage, but if it isn't, I'll find a way to make it tax advantage by speaking to a tax advisor or doing it in an IRA or solo K. But if I can mitigate risk, understand the asset, and produce monthly cash flow, that, that's, that's what you want to do. So I think a lot of times people get stuck to the vehicle, and I think the vehicle, if you understand what your uh, uh, preferences are, if you understand what your principles are, um, I think the vehicles can vary. Absolutely. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Love is everything. Um, loving yourself, um, you know, and then loving others. Um, so that's one. Second principle, do you. No one can do you like you can do you. You're uniquely gifted. Find out what those gifts are. And if you're going to double and triple down on anything, it's do you. Appreciation. Be grateful for everything you have and appreciate it. And trade your expectations for appreciation. Let go of the attachment and this need to get this thing done. It's going to happen and it's going to happen for you at the right time. Let go of the attachment and be happy. Life is too short to suffer. Those are very, very powerful. Where can my listeners learn more about you? Where can they follow you? And where can they stay informed of all the projects that you're involved with? You can follow me on Facebook, Ramon. My name is Ramon, R-A-M-O-N. Last name Gonzalez with two Z, with a Z in the middle, a Z at the end. Um, I'm also on Facebook, the official uh, Ramon Gonzalez or the official Ray Gonzalez. You can find me, uh, me on Facebook on Insta, official Ray Gonzalez. And uh, I have an email list. If any of you guys want to subscribe, just you know, send me an email. Is it okay if I drop my email here on them or whatever they want? Guys, get a hold of me. I'm available. Like I, a lot of this is one thing I see too a lot in the, in the world. Like I hit him see on the phone, and he picks up the phone. People, I get this idea of productivity. But I worked this hard so that I could be available. So that if my wife calls me, I pick up the phone. Like I'm not that on it. Now don't call me all the time, but I'm not, I, like this idea of like not being in a, like wealth to me now is not being in a rush, being able to be calm, being able to take a phone call if I want to take a phone call. Like not having 20 things on my schedule, not having to do it all in one day. Like that to me is wealth and luxury. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on my friend and uh, sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. As always, a blast to speak with you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint 
followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.